live in a fast-paced, hectic world where it is easy to feel overwhelmed, stressed, and out of control. How do you manage all the competing pressures without losing your sense of yourself? How do you stay focused enough to not only plot a path, but follow it? Welcome to Master Your Life, a show that offers inspiration, insight, and intelligence, as well as success stories from many walks of life that can show you how you can control your own destiny. Our knowledgeable and entertaining hosts and their guests give practical advice that you can use every day in the quest to master your life. Now, here are your hosts, Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin. Welcome to Master Your Life, the show that gives you insight, inspiration, and intelligence on ways to get greater happiness and more control of your life. I'm Dr. Howard Rankin, and along with my co-host, Leah Mattinson, we are here today with another wonderful guest. But before we get to that, Leah, how are you doing? Uh, I'm absolutely fantastic. Thank you for asking, Howard. And I want to just, I guess, share with our audience how it is that we we happen to get our guests on today. So for my recent birthday, uh, I gave myself the gift of a couple of things that I have not ever done in my life. And uh, the reason I did this for myself is because I'm like endlessly curious and a continuous learner. And I just like to be able to figure out like what are some other ways that I could expand uh, things that can help me to, um, you know, we ask that important question of the who I am now and who is it, who is it that I want to be? And I feel like the more that I expand my own learning and wisdom, uh, the better I am able to kind of make a vision for my life and that that vision keeps expanding. So this gift to myself um, was to go and see a psychic. And people oh. go, oh, seriously? <laughs> yeah. Wow, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I know you were thinking I went to the gym. No, no, I went. Yeah. <laughs> I went and saw a psychic. And I, I, what was what's really funny is that because I've wanted to go for years and years and years, and and I just haven't just <laughs> been too busy or whatever. But I, and I, I thought it's one of those things that you kind of for me I have on the periphery of my um, you know thoughts of you know I'm really curious about that. So I can't be the only one that's really curious about this. Like, is this really an old crone leaning over a you know crystal ball telling me? my future or some, you know, know, someone that you meet in a circus tent that has, you know, beautiful gypsy looking (laughs) attire on, or what exactly is it going to be when I get there? So, um, I am psychic enough myself to uh, understand that I'm intuitive and and that I use it in my own practice as a coach. Uh, So how I found this beautiful woman is I went uh, online and just typed in a few key words that were important to me. And I thought, oh, I'm going to get a psych that lives in, you know, Japan or somewhere. But it was just it's like the most awesome thing. This thing popped up and it was somebody who is literally lives an hour away from me. Uh, and so, without further ado, I just would like to introduce everyone to Sharon Rose, uh, psychic life coach and medium. Sharon, welcome to the show today. <laughs> Thank you, Leah. That's so <laughs> funny. Oh, my God. I'm glad I wasn't the old crone. That's hilarious. Thank you so much for the invite, you guys. This is fun. <laughs> so, are you going to share details of Leah's... No, we, we won't ask you to do that, but... but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh God, no! 
<laughs> well, it's interesting because that really gave me kind of a snapshot of what clients are actually thinking before they book a client uh, at appointment. Ah, <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. But tell us a little bit about yourself, just so we can put your life and, and your experiences in in some context. Alrighty, thank you, Howard. I'm actually uh, I'm a baby boomer, so I'm not uh, you know I'm not a spring chicken, and and my life is carried. Extreme, uh, an extreme amount of different in, uh, experiences. And I've been very fortunate to actually grow up in an environment where there was a lot of uh, challenge, which, of course, is the way the human learns. We learn through conflict, contrast, and challenge, and I had lots and lots yep. of lessons that I was able to learn. And uh, through the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, I started to discover my own empowerment. I, I came from... A, Kind of a difficult environment in the 50s, but I think that a lot of people of my generation did. And what happened is I had to reach for solutions constantly. And in our environment, that's what we're really trying to do is we're, we're creators and we want to reach for solutions. We want joy. We want joy. We want joy. So I was always looking to try and fix things and, and find new solutions to things. And in the process... Um, my psychic aspect stayed wide open. Everyone is psychic. I just happen to, it's kind of like singers, you know, some musicians are, um, they're singing, they're doing platinum albums and others are singing in the shower. I mean, everybody right. has a, everybody can sing, but not necessarily is, are they going to be on stage? And so in my case, my psychic self uh, was wide awake because I stayed vigilant as a child just to stay safe. And, mm. um, and from there, the journey started and uh, ended up moving into uh, healing and uh, all aspects of health and wellness and, and c- connecting the dots between spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical. And I still do it today. I'm the best student in the world, I think. <clears throat> I, just, I would just love to pick up on this, like vigilant as a child, because your, your childhood was challenging, but you made a decision when you were about 17. And maybe you could just talk about what the what that decision was and, and kind of a bit more of your adventure. <laughs> yeah, well, you know something, at 17 I made a decision to uh, step away from what my experiences were into something where I had more control. And I think that we as teenagers, we want to do that anyways. Everybody as teenagers, they want to step into more independence, and that's really a lot of the stress of teen years. But for me, I did it in a very dramatic way. I just literally packed a suitcase and crossed the Rockies <laughs> and left everything behind and just basically started over. And when I did that, it was, it was fun. It was an adventure, but it was also extremely challenging. But it taught me that I could, and it taught me how to survive, and it taught me to stay wide awake when I came to meeting people because I was in a new world with uh, you know all new faces. And my ability to stay vigilant led me into different learning environments. It kept me safe in regards to relationships. I, I, I really was very, very fortunate that I was able to stay, stay alert and learn and learn and continually learn uh, how to be well. Yeah, that's interesting. And you were talking about everyone's a singer. Some people are better than others. And believe me, you do not want to hear me sing. But, um, but, but that's interesting because what you're saying is all of us, I think, have, you know, lots of capacities that perhaps a lot of us never even access. Um, and, you're, and you're saying that your experience got you to really access those parts, right? Yes. 
Yes, and I think that we underestimate the power of our negative uh, um, interactions with our culture, with our society, with our, our community. We underestimate them because we think that they're all bad, we've got to be treated, we've got to go into you know therapy and forget or, or rehab. Mm-hmm. But yes. really, if we could just turn around yeah. and say, wow, that was the best lesson I ever got through that crap I had to go through, because look at me now. I can yeah. do anything I want to do because I learned how to move through that, right? So Absolutely. challenges, we misunderstand, and, and it, it mm-hmm. comes with the people in our world, too. We have a lot of people in our environments that are creating chaos, and if you look at them, and if you, if you want to get wrapped up in the dysfunction of that, then fine. It's not going to move you very far, but if you want to take a look at it and say, why here, why now, why me? Oh, mm. I get it, I get it. It's this. I'm supposed to know about compassion, or I'm supposed to be um, maybe a little more humble, or maybe I'm learning how I, I give away too much of who I am. And, and mm. you learn and grow through the yeah, dysfunction of just, others in many cases. Mm. Yeah, yeah, if you're paying attention. So <laughs> that's well, yes, that's exactly right, isn't it? But you will pay attention if you get slapped upside the head by the universe too many times. You know, you have a negative experience or a negative interaction. It will continue to repeat itself if you don't get the message. But I think that's I think that's really the key because one of the things, um, as I read your great bio, um, mm-hmm. one of the things that came clear is that you know all three of us have had different challenges in our own way, but they've certainly been significant enough to get us thinking and addressing them. Yeah. Um, but I certainly think. Uh, you know, some people address it in a very limited way, some people in a more expansive way. It also depends who your guides and mentors are. But I'd be interested in uh, your view of what does it mean to to respond, if you like, in a spiritual way or another worldly way or however you look at that. Well, you know, it's funny because uh, I ha- that's why I was laughing so hard at Leah's description of the, the gypsy. <laughs> was because I really, you know, I did not grow up with a connection to psychics. And I always thought they lived in covered wagons, stole chickens. I mean, I just didn't know. And, you know, they, I didn't know. I just thought <laughs> I had no connection. I grew up in small town Canada. Like, I don't know what a gypsy is. I've never really actually seen one. <laughs> And psychics were unheard of, unspoken. I mean, we had mm-hmm. we had magicians, or illusionists that would come through in our little town and do Friday night shows. <laughs> you know, it's a traveling mm-hmm. kind of right. mini circus. Yeah. So I had no no connection. So for a long time, I never I never considered myself psychic. I never considered myself. I just I, I thought I was really smart. As a matter of fact, I really thought I was such a smart person. And I was, I was really quite distressed when I found out how psychic I was because that meant I maybe wasn't as smart as I thought. And the culture I come from valued intellect. It didn't value intuition. Mm-hmm. I got in a lot of trouble as a kid when I would be talking to somebody who had transitioned, like my great-grandmother, and I'd make a comment to my mom about, oh, well, Grandma said this today, and I would get in a lot of trouble. And so you start shutting that down because it's not acceptable. You're looking for approval as a child, and uh, on you go. So, but I never in a million years considered myself psychic or even would I just never I, I but then I I thought it was smart <laughs> I just so was I smart. just want to pick up on that because I think lots of people are stuck in that how like how what was the actual moment when you well, went oh I'm psychic 
Like, well, you, what happened? Yeah, you know, and, and that word, eh? I mean, that word, you know, in our culture, I mean, come on, I'm a baby boomer. In, in our culture, mm. uh, saying you're psychic means that you're, you're borderline psycho. I mean, it doesn't mean that you're mm. really good at anything. It just means you're using some kind of label to become eccentric or something. And so ultimately right. what happened is through my own life journey, which, which included an, um, a real awakening through illness, I had a diagnosis presented to me in the 90s that was devastating and uh, a health illness, and I couldn't function. I wasn't functioning well. But when I got the diagnosis, it threw me into a, a place where I was ah, just kind of like going, no, this can't be my reality because I have a lot of things I want to do, so I can't believe them. I can't let them be the boss of me, <laughs> if you want to put it that way. And so what I did is I rejected the diagnosis, completely flat-out rejected the diagnosis, and then changed my lifestyle. After, that was after doing a lot of research because I really didn't, the diagnosis didn't make sense to me. It was, I was diagnosed with advanced rheumatoid arthritis, and I had to figure out what it was first. But what I did is I, I still, after three months of, after the diagnosis, went to the, to the doctor, the appropriate doctors, and, uh, and had, after taking three months and stepping away from a lifestyle that had gotten crazy, I stopped smoking, I stopped drinking, uh, I changed the job I was doing, I got off the road because I'd been traveling, I started listening to Wayne Dyer's uh, Manifest Your Destiny over and over and over at least 10,000 times on cassette. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, Not and, eight track. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah, not eight track, Leah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I literally became obsessed that. with being well. I started, um, I quit the worry habit too, which was a really big thing with me. I was worry wart. I worried about everybody, my kids, my husband, my everybody. Um, and I, I quit doing that and I started doing what is called affirmations. And I'm sure you're familiar with affirmations, but they literally, I ran into a character called Shad Helmstetter. And Shad Helmstetter, I know today affirmations are very popular and, and people are using them all the time to be well. Uh, which is a, a positive affirmation is a, a first-person statement, present tense positive statement. So something like, I am loved, I am safe would be an example. But Shad Helmstetter was really one of the pioneers of affirmation work, and now it's really gone mainstream in the holistic community. But that saved me. So three months after the diagnosis, I went to see the rheumatologist and was a million times better than I had been when I'd seen the doctor originally. I knew that my, I was still crashing. I intuitively knew, and this is where my intuition really woke up. I intuitively knew that I was, um, I was still crashing. My body was still crashing. It wasn't well, but I also knew that I was in charge. And so I went to the rheumatologist, of course, being slightly arrogant. Maybe I mistook that for my intelligence. I don't know. But anyways, he, he looked at me in. He checked out all my joints, et cetera, et cetera, and he said, "Well, there seems to be, you know, something. I don't know. You seem to be fine today. Maybe you, maybe you actually have have fibromyalgia." And of course, I, back in the day, that was one of the new catchphrases for um, for a situation or a medical a medical diagnosis when really there it, it was kind of bordering chronic fatigue. It was bordering lupus. It was bordering a lot of other uh, autoimmune diseases. And I just basically said, no, I don't think I want any of those, thank you very much, and really ticked off the rheumatologist, which I didn't mean to, but I, I just felt so empowered because he didn't know what was wrong with me. 
he had no idea. He was trying to find a label for me. And I went, oh, my God, I don't have to wear a label if I don't want to. It's up to me. And the journey from there was mm. amazing. And that's where my ter- search for really good healing modalities came in, and that's how I ended up where I am. That was a long story, wasn't it? No, that was good. That's good. And I'm, I'm, interestingly, I've been doing um, a little research and catching up and, and doing the history on Carl Jung. Oh, yeah. And, and um, a lot of what he says is, is sort of relevant here. I mean, one of his core philosophies was the struggle people had between their sort of internal personal selves and then the world outside the social cultural what have you and that's what you're that's what you're describing you know well it's exactly uh, because you see especially when it comes to the medical community we've grown mm -hmm. and and again i'm back to the baby boomers here but just the culture itself we grew to expect that if something was wrong with us physically that somebody else had to tell us what it was that we didn't have the power to do it ourselves now i i grew up in a household of, of really interesting i had a my um one parent was very spiritual and um, um, spiritual outside of religion would never go to a church, would never go inside a church. And, and my other parent was very religious and connected to the church. And so I had both messages given to me, and I leaned into the parent's philosophy of uh, hug a tree. That was where I really felt <coughs> comfortable. <coughs> Seriously. And, and he, <coughs> you know, that's my father. He was, he's a bushman. He was a, a, you know, a, 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 he was a real outdoorsman. And so I really, I, I knew I had different choices, but it never went as far as being completely empowered by my own choices. And um, so what I learned through the diagnosis that I had received was that I had the power to heal my body. And I went back and studied Aristotle and studied, I just studied literally everything about healing, about physics, about everything I could to try and connect the dots so that I could talk to my body in a positive, powerful way and understand if it could understand. And what I learned was how vivid and how active my imagination was and how much of a player it was in my healing process. And within a So when we come back, Sharon, we just need to break, Sharon. So when we come back after the break, we'll talk more about that, how you connected the dots. Um, So we look forward to hearing more about that on the other side of Master Your Life. up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. If you've been searching for fat loss and mental clarity in one place, think ketosis. Maybe you've heard about a ketogenic diet but have been totally turned off by the painstaking effort to do it. Well, agonize no longer because there is a solution. What could be just as simple and easy as taking your daily vitamins? Visit reallifetraining.expert to find out. Raise your hand and get in on the front end of the total wellness revolution. Get well, manage your mood, clear your mind. Visit reallifetraining.expert now. When was the last time you said, I love myself and I love my life? Can't recall? Has it been five years, ten maybe? Or do you quite literally not remember a time when you felt peaceful and joyful? Well, how would you like to be one of those special women who glow because you're on a path to awakening and evolving consciously? If that sounds like where you want to be, but you just don't know how to get there, come join Leah Mattinson for one of her upcoming retreats in a beautiful, intimate, and very exclusive location. Dive deep in mind, body, and spirit. 
Go to reallifetraining.com for details. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Master Your Life. To reach Leah Mattinson, Dr. Howard Rankin, or their guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to Leah. That's L-E-A-H-A at changeyourlife.expert. Now, back to Master Your Life. Welcome back to Master Your Life. I'm Dr. Howard Rankin, along with Leah Manson. Today we're talking with Sharon Rose about her experiences, um, and we were talking about her her enlightenment, if you will, the, the, the challenge that we all face, the, the challenge of finding our authentic personal selves in the context of a life that is lived uh, with other people in a community and a culture. And interestingly, Sharon, when you were talking about that, uh, we had a guest on recently, Dr. Mario Martinez, and his work looks at the influence of cultural belief on health, um, how different cultures, if they view a symptom differently um, or, a, or a life transition or a life stage differently, will have totally different, you know, one, one society might be really sick when they reach that point. Others might actually be full of health because of the cultural stereotype that goes along with that, that message. And so, in a way, what you're talking about, I think, at the heart is this conflict, or perhaps conflict's the wrong word, the challenge, the balance between Mm -hmm. personal self and the outside, what I'm going to call the outside world. And you just described this episode where you were diagnosed by a doctor, but, you know, really didn't totally agree with either the diagnosis or the perspective. That seems to me important when we're talking about connecting the dots, which is how do you put all these inputs together? Yeah. Well, so so what I did is I actually started a journey of, of wellness, and, of course, it started with Wayne Dyer. Wayne Dyer I consider my spiritual father. He just was somebody that just really inspired me to, to really reach into my spiritual aspect and, and start saying, hey, wait a minute, maybe it doesn't have to be the way others are telling me it has to be. And uh, once the diagnos- uh, with this diagnosis, I also wanted to be purely well, and I didn't want to do the medication route. I really didn't. Now, I knew that my rheumatoid factor had, had risen. It was way high. I knew that my, but I also knew that being a baby boomer, I mean, I came to this world with the idea that I was invincible. Baby boomers are <laughs> probably one of the most active generations ever, uh, simply because we're never going to get old. We're never going to, um, get sick. We're never going to get wrinkled. <laughs> Lord, I say, uh, we're never. You know, we can work two jobs. We can play all right. night. We can raise our families and still be healthy and happy. We weren't realistic, truly. However, oh. um, we lived hard and fast, right? Yeah. You mean you mean eighty isn't the new twenty? <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> As a matter of fact, uh, just a side here. You made a comment about cultural. I was seeing a um, uh, acupuncturist here one day, and he's a he's an Asian fellow, and we were talking. And I said to him, I, I was in my mid fifties, and I said, you know, I still have no signs of menopause. I still have no symptoms or signs of menopause. Is, you know, is there something I should be doing or whatever? And he looked at me with this kind of blank look on his face, and then he started laughing, and he said, Do you know there's no word in China for menopause? Mm. That it's a 
been created by the North American or the, this culture. They don't experience it there. So when you were talking, Howard, wow. about different cultures and how it affects your health, mm-hmm. that's a good example, isn't it? It is. It's a wonderful was, example. Yeah. Wasn't it? Sorry. Go ahead. It was, also, it was also the example that Mario used, I think, wasn't it, Leah, when he was talking about that, how, how different cultures see menopause, and, and I think that's what he was talking about. Some cultures oh, okay. don't even okay. have it, and some cultures, you know, think it's the, people, women think it's the end of their lives. So, well, yeah, so, you know, when you don't have any, you know, I have a lot of friends that have had these horrendous experiences through the menopause process, and me, I just floated along, and they all hate that, you know, like, it's like, <laughs> how do you do that? Anyways, I want to share the other uh, aspect of what I did because of this diagnosis is I started seeking information. And I'm, my, I'm at what is called a claircognitive. My psychic aspect is spirit mind. So I'm not what would be referred to as a clairsentient with someone who re- responds to information or energy through the emotional. At least I, not, that's not my go-to. My go-to is spirit mind. So I'm very much a logical practical psychic, (laughs) if there's such a thing. And so Uh what I wanted was information. I wanted to know how to be well in the most practical, logical way, but I had to do it through learning through spirituality. And I also had to learn how to understand the body, and I had to connect the dots between mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. So what I did is I took massage therapy. Um, I thought, well, that'll help me because I really don't know the body very well, and I had already taken a healing touch course, and I had no idea when I was doing the healing touch what part of the body was representing what. And so that was where my journey kind of started in the healing process and the information process. And every seems like every practical course I took, I coupled it up with, it seemed like an intuitive course. For example, I studied with the Buddhist groups for a while and started learning their uh, understanding of health and wellness. And, and, and in the process of it all, I just became more and more and more empowered. And as I became more empowered, I became happier. And as I became happier, I became healthier. And as I became healthier, I became more intuitive. And it just became, it created a cycle. And that is the journey of life right there. That's just an amazing, I think, an amazing story that you, because it's the, did somebody tell you, you need to take step A to B, B to C, matching these, you know, more hands-on, pardon the pun, like massage therapy and the Buddhist learning, or did you just intuitively go, what is it I need to learn now, and a door opened? Like, what was the, how do other people want to do it? Leah, that's a good question, you know, because that is following the universe and trusting the universe is a really, it's, for a lot of people, it's a scary thing because it leaves you kind of having to rely on an outside source, you might say. But in my particular case, it seemed like as I was becoming more and more and more, doors would just open. Things would just appear for me. For example, the community that I live in does not have a a Buddhist community. It doesn't have a, you know, um, because it's a small city, um, most people that are interested in Buddhist studies will go to the larger cities on either side of us. However, when I was looking for all this information, lo and behold, a uh, a Buddhist uh, teacher, uh, um, calls himself a Dharma teacher, showed up in the community and was here for roughly six months. And I was able Mm. to study with him. And it was a huge breakthrough for me in regards to how I was dealing with past stressors and how I was dealing with current wanting to know and, and, and how to just all, putting it all together in a more spiritual sense. I'm not a Buddhist, 
but I love, I love and still practice a lot of the techniques and, and things that I learned through that, that study. But, I mean, ever since then, there's not been a Buddhist representative in the community. So it was timely for me, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you touched on something there that I think is really important. That's a sense of control. And, yes. and my, my view is because everyone wants control because it's scary not having control. But I think in doing that, most of us become over-controlled and shut off some of these things. I agree. I, I, pers- I personally believe it's better to be <laughs> better recognize the limited control you have and go with that and explore what that means to you rather than insist, you know, your life's totally under control, which frankly I don't believe it is for anybody because there's way too many things that could happen over which you have no control. Um, or which you have yet to develop control that that influence you. So I'm, I'm very interested in that concept. Well, you know, control, though, contr- like what you're doing when you take a spiritual leap of faith is you're giving up the need to control and you're taking a leap of faith. With control issues around the medical community, it's really about us having given our power up to the medical community and not being vigilant or self-responsible for our own wellness and expecting, expecting the medical community to make, to make everything okay. And we don't have a problem giving up control there because we're not just giving up control, we're giving up responsibility. And Good point. When, right? So when we give up responsibility for our own well-being, we're literally giving away our power mm-hmm. in all aspects. Yeah. So it's the old freedom responsibility. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah the, freedom, the freedom to be well and the responsibility to be well. And I know we talked about this, Sharon, at our session together um, was just the Huntington's thing in our family. And I just, when I got the genetic status from the doctor, it was the same thing. I just went, this isn't for me. Like, it's not for me. I was absolutely shocked what was on the piece of paper because I thought I haven't inherited this. Like that's hilarious, <laughs> yes. but and I'm and I still have no symptoms, uh, and and I expect to not have symptoms because that's exactly the label or the belief that I have around that, uh, and that it's also that quest for knowing you know knowing how to be well and implementing the things that you need to do day day to day to be well. You know the little daily health habits. And part of that is relying on this psychic ability that you have or intuition and you call it your, you know, claircognitive. Some people are the other like clairsentient, but so the logical practical psychic of today. How do people who are listening to that how do you know that you're psychic? What is evidence that you have psychic psychic ability? If we all have this little psychic ability, what is the evidence that we have that? Um, you'll get the evidence when you start asking the questions. Because of our culture, again, um, everyone is psychic. Every sentient being on this planet is psychic, has intuition. The difference, what sets us apart from other species, is that we have the power of choice. We can choose our... We can choose what to have for dinner, whereas most animals, it's instinctual. They will go after what suits them. Some dogs eat grass when they feel sick. You know, they know what's good for them at the moment. But it's instinct. It's not, it's not, um, it's not power of choice. With the human, with the human journey, uh, stepping into your intuitive aspect, it's a matter of asking the question and putting it out there. So there's exercises people can do. So say, for example, somebody wants to, uh, they want somebody to call them. 
they really, really want to receive a call from somebody they haven't heard from for a long time. This is a great way to experiment with this, too, by the way. And so what they can do is they can just sit and get quiet. They can visualize that person's face, and they can just take some really nice, calm, deep breaths, go to their heart space and find that really loving center that they've, that they've got, direct it out to that person, and ask for them to call. And do this, just do this every day, five or ten minutes a day, and, and just... Just trust the universe. Trust that your energetic message is getting through, and they will energetically pick it up. And I have so many different exercises. I work with my coaching clients and with my regular one-hour clients that I teach them to empower themselves to trust their intuition. Now, what will happen ultimately if you really trust it, if you just, if you just do the exercise, there's a very good chance you're going to get a phone call, and then you'll be able to say, oh, Wow, that worked. Or you're going to say, let me give you an example. Abraham Hicks is a, is a group that I follow and study. Um, and one of the things that they had in one of the books that Ask and It Is Given is the book that they have. And it's just the best book on the planet. And everybody should have it on their bookshelves. And they have an exercise there called The Magic Creations Box. And I thought, I read the book, and I, every time I, I read a page, it was like, oh, I know this, I know this, I know this. Oh, my gosh, I know this. And I thought, I'm going to try this stuff. I'm going to try some of these experiments and prove whether or not their theories work. And so they had this Magic Creations Box. I got a little box, and I, you sit down. It's kind of like a vision board. You sit down with this box, and you cut out things from magazines or phrases, and you put it in the box. And when you put it in the box, you say, what is in this box is. And you give it life. And then every week you just dump it all out and you take a look at it and you just appreciate it and you just say what is in this box is as you put it back in the box. One of the things I had cut out there, I cut out lots of cool things, but one of the things I cut out was a cruise ship. And I had no intention of cruising. It just was a picture in the magazine. It looked really cool and I thought, wouldn't that be fun? And it always made me smile when I was looking at it. And I did this in the month of April. And in the month of August, I got a call from my husband from his work. And he, we had been talking about holidays, but I, I don't, now remember, I never tell anybody about these things until I make them work, because otherwise I don't want to look stupid. Um, you know, I've got an ego that goes <laughs> just along. Like the rest of us. <laughs> I'm not just psychic, right? I'm, I've got an ego, too. <laughs> and so I, I had not told him. He didn't know anything about this, this box and that it even existed. And he, but he called me and he said, Sharon, how would you like to go to Hawaii for our holidays this year? And I said, well, that would be really fun. And I'm kind of confused because I'm not really sure. We're desert people. Uh, we like going to the desert. And, um, and then he said to me, he said, um, well, how would you like to cruise the Hawaiian Islands? And I went, oh, crap, I did this. I did this. I'm, like, and I'm looking at this little red heart-shaped box sitting on my counter, and I'm like, oh, my God. And then he blew me away when he said, how would you like to go for free? And I went, what? What? What are you talking about? And he gave me the details, and it was, a, it was a promotional thing that his company was being honored, and we were selected as the couple to go. Long story short, we did go on the cruise in the month of September. However, I had never cruised before, and I was panicking because I was like, I don't have 14 ball gowns to go and sit at the captain's table. I don't have blah, 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 blah. And so I Googled the cruise line, and it was one of the first cruise lines that was doing what they call freestyle cruising, where you can actually mm-hmm. book a reservation in a really nice restaurant and dress up and go out, or you can stay in the pool. It was amazing. Everything was perfect. And to me, I don't know about you, that's proof right there. <laughs> and I'm sure, I'm sure you have 
like hundreds of examples of those kinds of things showing up in your life. And uh, even if we think about in our own lives, the little things, I know that other people have different practices, but prayer is a practice like meditation and that people will pray for things specifically. Um, And prayer is like a meditation, depending on how you do it. And they'll go, oh, it's like I prayed for this and this showed up. And they're, they're surprised, but we see lots of evidence of just how connected we are and how easy things can manifest. And you, that's part of why I think you're so playful and fun <laughs> is because it's like you'll, you put these little things out there as like the pure potential of what could happen. Um, and just like as a request, a respectful request, do you think we could make this happen? And ta-da, there it is. And sometimes not, but then you also go like you're human, kind of going like my ego gets in the way of I don't want to tell somebody if that didn't happen. And maybe it's not supposed to happen right now because of some higher plan that I don't know about. So when we come back after the break, we're going to pick up on more of these wonderful little stories. Howard might have a story or two to share. We'll see. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah, I do. And also some of the pragmatics of, like, how do you do this in your day-to-day life? And what are some of the tools that you can use uh, to manifest more of it is what you want? So we'll talk more about that on the other side of this break. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. If you've been searching for fat loss and mental clarity in one place, think ketosis. Maybe you've heard about a ketogenic diet but have been totally turned off by the painstaking effort to do it. Well, agonize no longer because there is a solution. What could be just as simple and easy as taking your daily vitamins? Visit reallifetraining.expert to find out. Raise your hand and get in on the front end of the total wellness revolution. Get well, manage your mood, clear your mind. Visit reallifetraining.expert now. When was the last time you said, I love myself and I love my life? Can't recall? Has it been five years, ten maybe? Or do you quite literally not remember a time when you felt peaceful and joyful? Well, how would you like to be one of those special women who glow because you're on a path to awakening and evolving consciously? If that sounds like where you want to be, but you just don't know how to get there, come join Leah Mattinson for one of her upcoming retreats in a beautiful, intimate, and very exclusive location. Dive deep in mind, body, and spirit. Go to reallifetraining.com for details. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com are tuned in to Master Your Life. To reach Leah Mattinson, Dr. Howard Rankin, or their guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to Leah, that's L-E-A-H-A, at changeyourlife.expert. Now, back to Master Your Life. Welcome back to Master Your Life. I am Dr. Howard Rankin, along with my co-host, Leah Mattinson. Today, we are talking with somebody called Sharon Rose, a wonderful woman. Uh, I liked how you described yourself in the first session as a logical psychic, um, <laughs> but, but, but you've really um, touched on many, many important areas about self-development and, uh, yeah, the, the full development of yourself. One of the things that you were talking about earlier was um, sort of putting stuff out into the universe, and, and you gave the story about how 
at one point, one of the things that you had put out there was going on a cruise, and mm -hmm. a few few months later, it had manif manifested itself mm -hmm. without you apparently doing anything about it. And well, I, just and I was appreciating it. Oh, right, right, interesting. <laughs> and and um, from my own life, I remember, uh, you know, first part of my career, I was an academic. I worked at a prestigious institution and, you know, I was doing research and clinical work and all that. And I remember one day I was, I was going home and I was thinking, all the thought came into my mind, you know, is this really what you want to be doing? And the thought came into my mind, no, I'd rather... I really want to be out there interacting with people. Um, I want to be teaching them. Um, you know, it, perhaps I don't want this clinical thing. But anyway, my career continued. It, it was very successful. But, you know, probably three or four years later, I found myself being offered a position in the United States, where I was in England before, which is where I wanted to come, to do exactly what I was sort of dreaming, mindful about a few years earlier. And the interesting thing was, it didn't appear to me that I had that thought and then said, okay, I'm going to plan it. It just happened. It just, or it yeah, to. yeah, yeah. You were, but you see, we are creators, though. We create our own reality, right? So you created your yep. reality by having a dream and holding a positive concept around that dream instead of going negative or toxic and, and not believing I can't do it ever at any point, just enjoying that in the moment that you had it. And that is your asking the universe for that to come to be. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because most people in that, in today's environment think, okay, well, now you've got to do research on that and you've got to, uh, you know, do all this stuff and you've got to immediately sort of push yourself forward towards that goal. And perhaps that's not what you yeah. need to do, perhaps initially, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. You know, there's a key component here to all of this, and that is, and you, you kind of alluded it to it, uh, Leah, when you said that. Uh, something about being playful. I have to have fun. If I'm not having fun, I don't want to do it. And one of the keys that I've discovered in this whole journey is joy. Joy is absolutely essential to the journey of achieving or acquiring or having or being or doing or going where you want to go or be or do or have. Joy is essential. And so um, if you can do everything in a joyful way, if you can bring, even when you're having a bad day, if you start bringing joyful thoughts to, you, to your world, it'll change your world around completely. Joy is the language of the soul. Yeah, and instantaneously also, not just, not, and that's an, uh, it is an instantaneous thing that happens. I had this week. Um, several interesting challenges. My youngest daughter is moving into her own place, and for parents who've had kids, you know, move out, she's the youngest of many, so this uh. is not our first time around. But, but she has some particular challenges in her life that she's done beautifully to navigate, um, and I'm very, very proud of how um, she she has um, been able to manifest this completely great life. However, it's like this, she is in the state where she is, you know, attaining her credit status in the real world. And so she's calling me up and going, you know, mom, can you, can you send me X amount of dollars for the utilities hookup? And, oh, we didn't think about this. And, oh, we didn't think about that. And, oh, my God, my <laughs> valve, the valve on the truck just, you know, had gasket blew up on the truck and... <laughs> so there's like, and this is literally within three days. So there's multiple conversations, but there's multiple changes going on too. So, yeah. um, you know, it's like being aware that you can wake up, 
have these conversations and, and come at it from an, oh, that's like, oh, that's going to cost me X amount of dollars. Oh, it's going to be so hard. Or, oh, man, can't these kids mm. figure this stuff out themselves? And, and all of these kind of thoughts that go on. But as soon as I tapped into, oh, I'm so proud of her. I'm so happy that she's got this great life happening. And I'm so lucky that I can help her whenever she asks. And that's my, it's like um, my own mantra in life is I am a playful woman. And it's different than um, saying I live a happy life. It's I am a playful woman and I am in joy. And, yeah. and I noticed that as I've aged uh, or matured, because <laughs> God, I'm ageless, right? <laughs> well, yeah, we're I must ageless. be a boomer too. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. As I've matured, <laughs> I have uh, definitely come from a place of writing, like even to notes to self, happy Wednesday, happy Thursday. I write mm-hmm. joy-filled Wednesday, joy-filled Thursday. Um, and just appreciating that that's a different space and appreciate it. It's a different space to be in than the temporary kind of happiness that we talk a lot about on this show versus that you're actually enjoying the moment. And that's where that playful energy comes from because it, you look at the universe like, what's next? What's next? And even the surprises we don't necessarily want, we'll, you know, because surprises, people go, oh, I love being surprised. They go, oh, no, <laughs> you love the surprises you want to have. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. the surprises you don't want to have, <laughs> you need to figure out a way to actually, you know, find the joy in those circumstances too. Uh, but I just appreciate so much you, uh, it's like sharing, like there's real challenges, but what's the state that you get yourself into and how quickly can you do that? And then what are the, what? Are, so what are the tools that you give people to help them to move from, um, from whatever they're in into a state of joy more immediately? Because I know as a coach, you must have like lots of tools that are great. Oh, I do. I have a lot of tools. Um, when people come to me, first of all, when people come to me, now, I'm a medium and a psychic, so medium's job is to validate life after life, and a psychic's, psychics work generally with life, life challenges, right? And um, I'm, because I'm, I'm a claircog and I'm clairvoyant, I actually see the story in the auric field, so I don't generally have to have any... Um, I don't use tools. I don't use tarot cards or any of that kind of stuff. But what I do use is I use my energy. And when I use my energy, I amp it up by um, just I do rampages of appreciation, for example, which is uh, something that is also taught by Abraham Hicks. You'll notice a strong correlation with my work, too, by the way, with the Abraham Hicks work. If anybody's really serious about developing their their, uh, sense of who they are, pick up the book, Ask and It Is Given, written by Jerry and Esther Hicks and the energy of Abraham. Um, But when I'm doing mediumship, my connection to spirit is through joy and love. My connection to spirit, if I'm having a bad day and I'm feeling yuck, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to have that connection because the energy is too dense. Does that make sense? Well, yes. yeah, uh, yes, and moreover. Okay, so, so then uh, the, when I work with people, especially people who come to me and they're really sad because they've lost someone they really care about, and when I work with them, what I do is I ask them to do a rampage of appreciation for their world. I appreciate, and I always start with my pillow. My clients laugh at me because I do. I always start with my pillow. And as I do the mm-hmm. experiment for them, or example, um, and I tell them, start with your pillow. Do it at morning and night and say, I love my pillow. I really appreciate my pillow. It's just, oh, my God, I'm going to sleep so good tonight because I've got this amazing pillow. And I really appreciate the clients that came in today, and I'm 
so in appreciation of this beautiful home so that I can rest my head. I know I'm safe. I know I'm going to stay warm no matter if it's storming outside and yada, 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 and on you go. And in those appreciations, bring in the negative as well. So if you do this at the beginning of your day and the end of your day, you change the shape of your day. Literally, you change the shape of your day. And um, so when clients are missing somebody that, that has passed, what I ask them to do is start doing these rampages and then really go to their, um, go to their photo albums and start appreciating and really enjoying the time they had on the planet in the physical environment of the person who has now gone to non-physical. And they will find themselves getting messages, seeing signs. They'll be able to connect. Their psychic aspect, their intuitive aspect will open up wide and that loved one will be able to connect with them because really it's all about a different communication style, but love is the key for all of it. Yeah, I I agree with that. And, you know, wasn't there a song, Psychics Just Want to Have Fun? I'm not sure, but... uh, um, That could be, but but let's write it. um, But um, but the point about that, and one of my favorite quotes um, is from the Danish philosopher Kierkegaard, which is, life can only be understood backwards, but you've got to live it forwards. Yes. Which means that when anything happens, you do not know at that time what it means. You have no yes. idea, right? Yes. And so if you're going to get worried or anxious or depressed or negative, now that is influencing everything about you, Correct. Absolutely. And so, and so, if you can take this approach, at least of neutrality. Look, let me not go there because I really don't know what it means. Some of the worst, th- some of the things that have happened in my life, this is the worst thing that could happen, turn out to be the best. And I'm sure exactly. everyone's had that experience. So, so part of that joy and fun is is to to see that in the right perspective, so you don't sink and create the negative spiral or aura or however you want to look at that. Well, and the thing is, is, you know, sometimes there's a lot of gold to be found in a challenge. And sometimes if people would just take a serious look at the stuff that's going wrong and say, why is this going wrong for me? Why is it going wrong for me now? <clears throat> and they'll, all of a sudden they'll get this hit of information. It'll be like, oh, I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to learn that or I'm getting this. And they, all of a sudden the challenge falls away and they're back in the sunshine again because they got it. And once, you pick, once you've learned and you've grown from an experience that is a negative experience, generally that experience doesn't show up again. You don't draw it to you. It's not attracted to you at all. So do any of your health, tools... That's and- where health comes in. Um, and the reason mm-hmm. I, 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 I... That's where health comes in. Uh, if you can get yourself to thinking well thoughts, then you are starting to coach and condition every cell in your body to be healthy. And when you do that and it listens and it starts listening and you build that dialogue... You don't have to worry about being sick. You might get the odd cold here and there. Then you turn around and say, well, gee, it looks like i got too much going on. i got a cold. I need to take a break, maybe take some time down. You start to learn. And, but your body will never get seriously ill. It can't because you're the creator of your reality. It can't. Right. And our bodies are, in, are, are hardwired to be well. From the time we were born, we're not dying. We're healing. And, and so our soul when we is understand hardwired that, to be happy. Our soul is hardwired to be happy, but, but through our learning in our environment and our, ego, um, our ego-based culture that we live in, we learn mm-hmm. to be sad and scared and fearful and judgmental and all of that. But we're, we're supposed to be happy and we're supposed to be healthy. Period. That's it. It's that simple. <laughs> and that profound. <laughs> A lot of gold to be found. <laughs> it's that simple. It is that simple. So I think for people, all, again, who are listening and going, 
wow, it's like I'm struggling with certain, you know, health challenges and wellness challenges in my own life. We've talked now a little bit about this rampage of appreciation. And what would be another tool uh, that people could use to help them to connect to the idea of love as the ultimate communication? Um, it, to help them connect with love being... One of the things they can do is hold, again, that... Uh, that image of someone who they're having trouble with. Say you've got someone in your life who's just a challenge. I mean, you, you know, that you really, really struggle with. And a lot of times it's our family members um, because they're here to help us learn and grow. But you just aren't, you're not connecting and you really want to connect and you're sort of sad about the break. So what you can do is you can visualize them when you go to bed at night and you go to your heart space and you find all the love and wishes for a good life and wishes for, you send them wishes of, uh, uh, for a good life, for abundance, good health good friends, lots of love, and you send it towards them. And you do that exercise for seven nights in a row. Now, the essential part of that is the seven nights in a row. It's got to happen for seven nights. And the, if you do uh, stop or don't complete it, then uh, start over and do it for seven nights. Then on the eighth day, you go to your heart space and you go to your emotional center and you say, how am I feeling about this person now? And if there's still anger, frustration, sadness, um, whatever, there, do it for another seven days. If you're at neutral or you're feeling positive, then you're good to go. This example, uh, this is an exercise that has turned so many people around. I had a lady interrupt me. She was, have I got time to tell you a little story? Yes. Yeah? I had a lady who actually interrupted one of my uh, sessions. She came running in. She, an older lady. She was in her 60s. She'd been estranged from her brother for 40 years, and she missed him. She wanted to reconnect with him before he died, and she died, and he's kind of a cranky guy. And so what she did is she did this exercise. This is an exercise you keep private. You don't tell anybody about it. You do it yourself. It's between you and your soul self. She did this exercise. She came running into my office about six weeks later, and she says, you're not going to believe it, not going to believe it. My brother called me. She hadn't talked to him for 40 years. Now, this was really good because what had happened is she had energetically been able to let go of all the resentment she held towards him because of all the things that had happened as they grew up, and she was able to release, literally, to neutral or to a loving place. And he got that message. Now, then the message starts with, okay, he may not have ever changed. He may still be the cranky guy that you remember. Just remember you're the one that changed. You're the one that altered your energy. But that's a tool that people can use when they're struggling with somebody that they're having a difficult time with. Right. That's an absolutely beautiful story because I think that in the world we can have well, uh, you know, we can hold ourselves in that vision of healing too. Yeah. It's like send yourself that those positive absolutely. thoughts and positive love to yourself, then positive love to other people. And I can imagine in this world of like, there's so many wounded relationships. Um, oh. That this just being a really cool, I mean, even if you're skeptical, great, just just give it a go because it's a seven-day commitment or a seven-night commitment yeah. that you're not going to tell anybody about anyway. So and you got you know, nothing from to the, lose. Yeah, you, you got, got nothing, nothing to lose, to lose exactly. by trying it. Yes, yeah. yes. So, so. so, Sharon, where can people find you? Um well, I, I'm in. Uh, I'm on the. I'm on the website at SharonRose.com. They can find my website there, and actually, people that want an appointment can book through there. I do phone consultations. I do uh, in-house, of course, and I also do coaching. So the, all the information's on the website at Sharon. And Sharon is Sharon with a Y, just so people know. <clears throat> um, it's Sharon Rose. Sharon with a Y. I'm also on Facebook. Uh, Sharon Rose, psychic coach and medium. And we have a lot of fun um, on the Facebook page. They can pop in there. 
Uh, if they want a live appointment, though, if people want to come into the studio here, they're going to have to come to Red Deer, Alberta. <laughs> because that's where right. I live, little town Red Deer. <laughs> but I have clients from all over Canada that come into the well, studio. Well, that's great, Sharon. I really hope you get a lot of calls. I'm sure you will. And it's been great to have you on the show. Perhaps we'll, we'll, we'll need to have you on the show again sometime. Um, Thank you, Howard. Because, it's, because I think it's very relevant, very interesting, and an aspect. Sometimes the people in that busy world trying to be totally rational and logical and all that stuff yeah. um, just don't just ignore and I, I, I do think it's so important so thank you for being with us today God bless you and, thank you uh, and uh, Leah and I will be back next week for another episode of Master Your Life thank you for being a part of our show today Master Your Life with Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin can be heard every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go enjoy your successful life.